two, one. Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. The Russell Brand news. We've had more heavyweights weigh in. And we've got Elon Musk. Big headline with Elon Musk just come out. Um, just within recent hours. About saying it's witch-burning season. As he defends Russell Brand. We've got more laws getting introduced in the wake of Russell Brand allegations, UK to introduce independent body to address bullying and harassment in creative industries. We've got the usual Daily Mail articles dogpiling on him, talking about more dodgy situations. So I shall go over these news stories and try and pay attention to the chat. While I'm doing it, if any of you guys have got any questions, um, put them in the chat. And we've seen the Russell Brand story. Usually these stories spike up and crash. This one's doing more of a, a tapering. And it could reignite at any moment, depending upon which other developments occur, such as the cops getting further involved. All right, so the latest headline is Elon Musk says it's witch-burning season as he defends Russell Brand again during X Space's interview with Ben Shapiro. So they're describing Shapiro as a conservative activist who brought up the multiple allegations of R-word and SA being leveled at Russell. And in particular, the deplatforming, demonetization that Russell has gone through with the action by YouTube earlier this month. So, there needs to be, obviously, a conviction here. It can't be guilty until proven innocent. Because, obviously, we're just sort of in the witch-burning phase here. Just being declared a witch is enough to make you a witch and be burnt? <laughs> wow. Love a bit of Musk today. <laughs> so, Elon added his concerns saying that anyone could be accused at any time of false charges and we can't be destroying their lives on the potential of false accusations. I mean, how true is that? How insane is it that on the basis of accusations, Russell Brand has lost so much? The UK government has threatened rumble. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. So... Elon is claiming today, um, yesterday this was on, on the podcast, that because Russell Brand has been rattling the cage of the powers that be, the public should ask why the allegations against the London-born podcast have come out now. You know, he's paralleling the very conclusions we've reached on this channel. I've said all, in the beginning I said something was fishy, then I said, the timing of this just stinks. And once we saw UK Gov got involved, it just became more and more obvious. To me, that this is a replay of Assange. Having gone through the Assange, 
allegations. Seen it over and over again now. So, Elon Musk continued referencing the timeline. This seems like an odd coincidence that it's happening with, with, when Russell is really gaining traction, questioning a lot of the conventional wisdom. I think we're running out of conspiracy theories that didn't turn out to be true, he said. He went on to mention that he has been accused of spreading conspiracy theories online in the past. And anyone, really, who doesn't adhere to this mainstream media narrative gets branded a, a conspiracy crackpot, as I have been labelled myself upon several occasions, especially because I've hosted David I on the channel. The Centre for Countering, what was it, Digital Hate, listed me as the second biggest enabler Back when there was the London Reel fiasco where the BBC contacted YouTube and London Reel got a strike and had to take the David I stuff down. So kudos to Russell Brand for continuing to call out all of these huge corrupt industries that are making billions at our expense. You know, there's people struggling to pay their bills Yet the government shuffles our taxpayers' money quite readily over to military companies, pharmaceutical companies. And what say do we have in it? Absolutely none. So you may have seen that on Monday, Brand said that Rumble has made a clear commitment to free speech. YouTube is trying to said it stop stopping Brown from monetizing due to the serious allegations. And in the last week, London's Met Police has said it has received a number of allegations of beep offences after dispatches, but there have still yet been no arrests. So I think everyone's holding their breath to see if the cops get Russell into the cop shop if they get the cuffs on him if he is actually charged criminally so we started out today talking about Elon Musk's defense of Russell Brand and as soon as the allegations came out Musk was one of the first to say I support Russell Brand that man is not evil and in his interview with Shapiro that went out yesterday in America time Elon Musk also discussed his views on the Jewish religion, noting that he attended a Jewish preschool going up in South Africa and that his first name means tree in Hebrew. He added, now, I don't know if I'm sort of genetically Jewish or what, maybe somewhere, but I'd say I'm aspirationally Jewish, let me put it that way. And Shapiro laughed deeply. And then he went to, Musk went on to say that he has twice as many Jewish friends as non-Jewish friends. I think I am Jewish, basically. But Elon Musk has been a target of the Anti-Defamation League since his takeover of Twitter. And he's been blaming that group for loss in advertising, accusing it of putting pressure on companies and of labelling him as an anti-Semite. 
which is something the the sense of a countering digital hate tried to do to me just because I hosted David Icke on the channel. Absolute madness. But we were forced to remove all that content. All right, so we've talked about various laws coming into effect in the UK. We've talked about Ofcom threatening the threat to use Ofcom to go up against Rumble and incarcerate them. And the Hollywood Reporter today has put an article out. In wake of Russell Brand allegations, UK to introduce independent body to address bullying and harassment in creative industries. We've got another government minister, British culture minister, no doubt a friend of Dame Caroline Dynage, Lucy Fraser, together with talents from the UK film, TV, music and theatre sectors, no doubt mainstream <laughs> talents, announced this new body which will be ready to take cases next year. Britain is launching a new independent standards body to help fight bullying and harassment in the creative industries. Lucy Fraser, UK Secretary of State for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, announced today. The body, the Creative Industries Independent Standards Authority, straight out of Orwell, is intended as an authority where concerns over behaviour can be raised and investigated confidentially. Fraser said it will be up and running and ready to take cases from next year. The CIISA will bring together stakeholders from the UK's film, TV, music and theatre sectors Several well-known British creatives, including actors Kira Knightley, Stephen Graham, Sewell Remy, Ruth Wilson, Varadat Setu, Naomi Harris, singer Rebecca Ferguson, Chariots of Fire director David Putnam, and Bond producer Barbara Broccoli, joined Fraser in support of the new independent authority. Quote, I can't tell you how many times in the last 20 years of my career in this industry that I would have loved to have an objective outside body that I could go to for advice, that I could go to for mediation, and I could go to in the very extreme circumstances that you might need some outside body to hold people accountable for the bad behaviour or bad practices that sometimes happen on our sets. Yeah, but who defines bad behaviour? Said Wilson. We need it and it will be invaluable. And I know it will become the blueprint across the globe for creative industries throughout the world because there is no such thing at the moment like CIISA. There is an opportunity to change the way creatives are treated in our country. By supporting this, you are making history. By supporting CIISA, you are making our industry safer 
and impacting people's lives in a very positive way. All UK broadcasters are backing the new authority with the BBC's Director General Tim Davey calling the CIISA a force for good across the entire industry. We all need to do everything we can to create an industry where everyone feels totally safe to do their best work. CIISA has been in planning for several years. Times Up UK called for the Independent Standards Authority back in 2021 in the wake of various scandals over beep misconduct and bullying within the UK industry and initiated and provided funding for the body with former BFI exec Jen Smith as its interim CEO. But efforts to make the CIISA a reality have been given a new urgency due to the allegations against British comedian Russell Brand. Blah, 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 dispatches, blah, blah, blah. The CIISA has one clear purpose. To make the creative industries a safer working environment for our talented colleagues who make the film, TV, music and theatre that we all love and enjoy, said Smith. There is overwhelming evidence for the need for CIISA and bringing collective accountability to our sector. The more quickly others join us, the more quickly we'll have an independent body in place to support the whole ecosystem of the creative industries. Isn't that what YouTube said when they demonetized Russell? That it wasn't conducive to the ecosystem. Fraser added, We want to maximise the potential of our creative industries to create growth and jobs across the country. Everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy a creative career while feeling safe. And working in a professional environment it's important that industry comes together to tackle bullying, harassment and discrimination so Britain's creative sectors remain some of the best in the world to be a part of. To promote the CIISA, the group produced two short films together with Ridley Scott Associates and editor Steph McCauley with testimonies from British talent in support of the new authority. Wow, so there we go, even more regulation coming. Let's ask people in the chat. Please put a one in the chat if you feel the CIISA is a force for good. Please put a two in the chat if you feel that the CIISA is a force to tighten restrictions and gain control. We will have a look what people say shortly. One, two, 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 one, one, two, one, two, two, one point eight five. I think the twos outweigh the ones. More twos. Twos, twos, twos. One was, do you think that the CIISA is a force for good? Two, if you think that the CIISA is going to be implemented for control, restriction, reduction in our rights. 
Mostly twos. Scuttle's about 70% twos. Brand has 666 subs, does he? Is he at the, the infamous 666 number? All right. So they are still dogpiling on Russell. We'll have a look at what they're saying about him. Lee Francis breaks silence on Russell Brand R-word allegations. As Comic says, he feels sad for him and admits he fears cancel culture because people are easily offended. We've got a comment from Matthew Steeples in the chat. Let's get it in there. Good evening and hello, everybody. I think that Russell Brand and his crowd have brought all this on themselves. On himself. And as for media regulation, it is time for more, but in a better fashion. Indeed, good observation. I think just like Andrew Tate's words are used against him, just like Russell's words are used against him, these people have played roles in their own downfalls. But, according to Boy in the, in the chat, Boy Levendis, Russell sounded to have some vim restored on his show today. I have been watching his shows... I did watch a, a very interesting body language analysis of when he did his first Friday night preemptive video before dispatches, showing some micro um, expressions on his face, away from his bass lines and his voice as well, his vocal tones, and how he had a, a hand bass line here, but went up here and did a lot of this as well. When he was saying certain things, it was fascinating. All right, so Lee spoke to the Mail Online at the Radiant Resilience Exhibition by Zara Muse at Qantas Gallery in London and said he feels the situation is sad for Russell and the women involved. Indeed, there are no winners except for the people trying to shut him down. He explained, I promised myself... I wouldn't comment on it. It's just sad, isn't it? It's a saddening thing for everyone. It's sad for the ladies. It's sad for his family and it's sad for him. So Lee, who's 50 years old, is best known for his alter ego, Keith Lemon, went on to discuss being cancelled in the industry and claimed it's unlikely anyone would ever accuse him of anything because he has been in a long-term relationship with wife Jill Carter since he was 19 and they married when he was 30. But when asked if he fears he could get cancelled for saying the wrong thing, he said, yes, it's easy to offend loads of people. His words came amid claims that Lee humiliated Melanie Sykes in front of a live audience while they filmed ITVs through the keyhole. Melanie said Lee made explicit beep gags about her for three hours including, I bet your beep smells of flowers. And when asked if he feared facing similar allegations to Russell Brand, Lee again said he'd been, he's been married to the same lady since he was a boy. I met, I met my wife when I was 19. I got married when I was 30. 
to the same lady, so I won't be getting cancelled for any of that. Lee and Jill dated since they were teens before tying the knot in 2002 at Allerton Castle, North Yorkshire. And earlier this week, he found himself making headlines when Melanie claimed TV producers failed to act after she complained that he made humiliating jokes about her to a live audience while filming through the keyhole on ITV. He said the TV production company Talkback, founded by the comedy duo Mel Smith and Griff Rhys-Jones, ignored her when she complained. Speaking on fashion PR Lynn Frank's podcast, frankly speaking, she said, I went into the studio and I didn't think Keith was going to be like he was on the other show. He does Celebrity Juice, where it's all beep and BJs and talking about people's beeps. But she added, I sat there for a three-hour record and he did all that stuff to me verbally to entertain the live audience because it was never going to make the edit of the show. So he used me to entertain the audience. Comedian Catherine Ryan has accused Russell Brand of being a beep beep. She also labelled Francis an obvious creep at the 2019 TV Choice Awards. She said that Lemon was proof for pervs everywhere that an obvious creep is cute. It's way less threatening than a stealth one. Wow. Francis hosted Celebrity Juice for 25 seasons before it was axed last year. It drew complaints and was the subject of an investigation by Ofcom. Ofcom's coming for everyone. They're going to show they've got teeth. Ofcom ruled that a trailer for the show breached guidelines in 2013 by featuring what the watchdog said was a beep toy. Talkback said looking after its TV guests was a top priority. Francis didn't respond. Craig David slammed his former show Bo Selector as bullying and called out the impressions performed by Francis as racist. Right, we won't be repeating any of that. Let's see what the next brand story is. We have got... This is... Um, actually, that's quite... It's not a recent one. So it looks like the brand news is drying up. Let me just check the headlines before we go over to Tupac. Because my dad has just sent me this two-pack news. Have you in the chat? Have you seen the two-pack news? And I'm going to be quite fascinated to get into this one. Yeah, it's all the Elon Musk headline is splashed all over the headlines right now. That's that's all they've that's all they've got for today. All right, are you aware? Have you seen? That a man has been a Vegas police have arrested a man for the shooting of Tupac. Would you believe it? So we've got to cover this. Let me get you the deets. Wow. All right. Keefy D. We'll get to Keefy D in a minute. This is going to be interesting. Suspect, Keefy D, 60. Charged with murdering Tupac. Compton Crip gang leader confessed in his memoir about hunting down and executing a rapper in a 1996 drive-by. This has just happened today. 
Wow. Dwayne Keefe D. Davis was taken into custody this morning in Las Vegas, which is just hours ago in the UK. He's been charged with murder with the use of a deadly weapon. Keefe D. did done it. <laughs> this is why we blue lit Kazabur. For comments like this, Keefy D did done it. He got guts. I've been watching um, Power and re-watching The Wire. Good stuff. Good stuff. Reminds me of the prison slang. All right, so a Nevada grand jury indicted Davis in the killer after being seated for several months... Davis was arrested today while on a walk near his home. Shug Knight, yeah. I, I thought Shug Knight was in the mix somewhere with this. Chief Deputy District Attorney Mark D. Giacomo described Davis as the on-ground, on-site commander who ordered the death of Tupac Shakur. He has spoken openly about being at the scene of the drive-by shooting 27 years ago and admitted handing the murder weapon to a fellow gang member. A Netflix documentary previously named Davis's nephew as the shooter with the gangster bragging about his involvement in the killing of Tupac in books and interviews. The Compton Crip gang leader even wrote a memoir confessing to his role in the shooting of Tupac. And he claimed in the 2018 documentary that he was riding in the car with his nephew, Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, and handed him the murder weapon before he fired. Wow. I mean, earlier on you were talking about Russell Brand saying things that got him in trouble. What about this guy? Putting himself at the scene of a murder? Good grief, this goes beyond beyond. Can't believe all the bragging he's done. So, Tupac was 25 years old when he was shot four times in the chest on September 7th, 1996 while he was in Las Vegas and he died on September 13 and we have looked into that various conspiracies with the guy who talked about the Courtney Love versus Kurt Cobain conspiracy no did it he no doubt Kazafa you're making you're tracking me up <laughs> diddly squat <laughs> <laughs> So Davis wrote in his 2019 tell-all memoir, Compton Street Legend, that he was in the Cadillac involved in the shooting. He said that he told authorities about his involvement in the killing in 2010 during a closed-door meeting with feds and local authorities. Quote, they promised they would shred the indictment 
and stop the grand jury if I help them out. Oh, you didn't fall for that old trick, did you? Come and talk to us. You can trust us. We'll shred some documents for you. But you do the talking first before we shred those documents for you. Not that old chestnut. Where was your lawyer getting him to sign something? You should have kept your mouth shut. Now look where it's got you. They were promising to shred the indictment if he helped them out. At that time, he was 46 and facing life in prison on drug charges. Life in prison on drug charges. Yet, priests and monsters attracted to kids get slaps on the wrists. What is wrong with the world? This arrest today comes two months after Vegas cops raided Davis's wife's home on July 17, looking for items concerning the murder of Tupac Shakur. Authorities seized multiple computers, a cell phone and a hard drive from the property and a Vibe magazine featuring Shakur. They also took several 40 caliber bullets, two tubs containing photographs and a copy of Davis's memoir. Insiders to the investigation claimed in August that homicide detectives were optimistic about bringing a charge in the case. Wow. Sources told the US Sun that the DA's office was set to present their case to a grand jury last month. They added that a criminal case was expected imminently and they were looking at first-degree murder potentially for Kefi D., based on Nevada law. Metro police investigators made long and careful considerations over moving forward on the case, saying that they did not enter into the investigation lightly. They knew that the world would be watching if they took any action against Davis. They do not want to take make any missteps. A separate source added that Keefe's gloating had talked himself into huge legal trouble. What happened to the old school professional people? Old school Italian mafia guys would keep their mouths shut. Now they're all putting it out there. Quote, who knows what Keefe will do, they said. Maybe he might try to negotiate a plea deal. The attention globally on the DA and police department will be extreme. September 7th marked the 27th anniversary of Tupac's death, with the rapper dying after being shot by a semi-automatic pistol. Davis wrote in his memoir that he had helped secure a gun to murder the rapper as revenge for him beating up his nephew, Anderson. Wow. Anderson tried to steal a Death Row Records medallion from a member of Shakur's entourage, affiliated with LA Gang The Bloods, and then Shakur and his entourage then beat up Anderson at the MGM Grand later that night after watching a Mike Tyson fight. The rival gang, the Southside Crips, were out for revenge after Anderson was attacked. 
Davis revealed in the Netflix docuseries that they hopped into the Cadillac to find Tupac after the beatdown, knowing he was due to perform at the 662 Club that night. Anderson denied any involvement in the shooting. He died two years later in a shooting in Compton, California. Davis detailed how he helped to coordinate a team of gangsters to kill the rap idol and described throwing the Glock into the back of the Cadillac. Anderson sat in the back with another gangster with Davis confirming that shots were fired at Shakur from the rear of the vehicle. They happened upon Shakur and his entourage by chance, claiming that Shakur was reaching for a weapon before he was killed. His side fired first and he admitted to hiding the Cadillac and the gun after the shooting. Davis said in the memoir he had the car repainted, repaired and returned to a car rental firm which made forensics tough to pin down. The full admission appeared in the chapter titled The Main Event in Compton Street Legend. Shakar was in a BMW driven by Death Row Records founder Marion Shug Knight in a convoy of 10 cars. They were waiting at a red light when the white caddy pulled up next to them and gunfire erupted. He was shot multiple times, died a week later with Davis admitting in 2018 after a cancer diagnosis that he was inside the Cadillac at the time of the shooting. And Tupac's death came as his fourth solo album, All Eyes On Me, remained on the charts with 5 million copies sold. Nominated six times for a Grammy, Tupac is largely considered one of the most influential and versatile rappers of all time. He was feuding at the time with Biggie Smalls, also known as the Notorious Big, who was fatally shot in March 1997. And those rappers were in the middle of an East Coast-West Coast rivalry that defined the hip-hop scene during the mid-1990s. Alright, so there we have it. There we, We've got the latest Russell Brand news. We have got the arrest in the Suge Knight case today finally the other news is the BBC are releasing The Reckoning it is coming out the Jimmy Savile dramatisation is imminent we thought it had got pushed back to 2024 but I'm going to give you the deets now it's October the 10th. It's a Monday. So what we're going to do is... It goes for an hour that night. And then... We are going to rebroadcast... Jimmy Savile Untouchable. It was demonetized. Completely demonetized by YouTube. No surprises there. Just like all our lives about Russell Brand have been demonetized by YouTube. No surprises there. But it's it's coming out on at 9pm. Is it the 9th or the 10th? Let me just check this. Let me pull this up for you. In the news stories. Alright. So, this one's just come out by... The mail. I'm going to get to the release date in a minute. I think it's the 9th or the 10th. But what they're going to do, they're going to put it out. 
instead of it being weekly episodes, they're going to put it out night after night after night. So the night it premieres, we're going to have, we're going to re, re, all right, sorry, October 9th at 9pm on BBC One, which I believe is a Monday. So we're going to put out Untouchable, our four-hour Jimmy Savile documentary. We're going to premiere it again, a new version of it. We've made a few edits. And then, on the Wednesday, we're going to have Atwood Unleashed. He's going to sandwich The Reckoning. So we'll have two hours on YouTube before The Reckoning. We'll watch The Reckoning and then we'll come back. So we're trying to load up on Savile Guest right now. I've reached out to John Wedger. And he said he's willing to do a full-on podcast about Savile. Let's see. Um, Robert Hall. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Russell's money being taken away. It's insane. All right, so let me give you the details. If you're not familiar with The Reckoning, this is going to be massive. When the Netflix brought the documentary out about Savile, it went worldwide. A lot of people in America got interested in it because it was on Netflix. This reconstruction by the BBC, who harboured him, it's going to cause it to trend and go viral for days, I reckon. All right, so the BBC has released the long-awaited first trailer of Steve Coogan as Jimmy Savile in the upcoming drama that will examine how he was able to systematically abuse hundreds Right under the noses of high society. It's not gonna they're not gonna go as deep as our documentary. There's no way. We are looking for more Savile guests. If anyone's got any ideas, please send them in. The reckoning is going to err starting October 9th after reportedly being delayed over sensitivity concerns. Stars Steve Coogan as Savile. And Savile, of course, as we know, it was after his death in 2011 that people were no longer afraid to speak out about him. It opens with Coogan as Savile speaking to TV executives as he tells them, I'm not an act. What you see is what you get. It's just fascinating, isn't it, how he got away with it? for so long and was protected by so many and when you look back at the clips of him the body language the words the veiled threats I don't know if you ever you guys ever saw where he was getting interviewed about his life story and he busted out the banana just as he was getting put on the spot about his history his relationship history he pulled out the banana and turned it into like a comedy thing to deflect. A later scene in the 36-second trailer features a voiceover declaring that Savile G-worded the whole nation. The G-word that rhymes with broom. It ends with Savile being confronted by an unseen interviewer who says to him, There are rumours that there's another side to you. What rumours might those be? An older-looking Savile replies. Coogan is going to portray Savile across several decades, 
from his early years in TV through Top of the Pops and Jim Will Fix It, to the latter stages of his career, when concerns were raised about his behaviour, were swept aside. Yep, how would you say weekly luncheons for Leeds Police? How would you say Freemasons? As well as capturing biographical aspects of Savile's life, The Reckoning will feature interviews with four survivors of his beep, who have agreed to share their experiences in the hope of preventing a similar scandal from happening again. The BBC has previously trailed The Reckoning as a retelling of how Savile used his links with the broadcaster, as well as hospitals, prisons and charities to legitimise himself. BB bosses say they will not shy away from the role the corporation played in enabling his beep, promising the four-part series will highlight the importance of confronting the horrors of the past and talking openly about beep. It will also cover how he used the countless friendships Savile forged in show business, politics, journalism, the Catholic Church and the royal family to cement his position as he carried out his beep behind closed doors. Filming wrapped on the series in January 2022 and my dad, who plays like bit parts, like extras, like in the background, he's in it. My dad's in it. (laughs) And my mum was in The Crown, an episode of The Crown. Filming was delayed for changes to be made so that people wouldn't mistake the drama as a biopic of Jimmy Savile's life with little regard for the survivors. Smooth move, BBC. Savile is believed to have beeped more than 500 kids. Wow. Over several decades, with allegations made over several years. In the trailer... One can be heard saying that Savile was, quote, one of the biggest manipulators of people to rise to the status that he did, indeed. From coming from a poor family where he was sent into the coal mines as a kid, as part of the war efforts. Unbelievable ascension into power and diabolical behaviour. Coogan previously defended agreeing to portray Savile with some erring concerns that the drama risked glorifying him. Coogan explained in a statement the decision to play Savile was not one I took lightly. He told Sunday Brunch last year, I think that's because Savile played a trick on the entire nation. So there's a real feeling of antagonism about it but you need to look at someone like that to understand how they're able to operate and to prevent it happening again indeed people sometimes say to us why are you shining a light on Savile he's dead because we need to be able to understand how he operated to prevent it from happening again wise words indeed from Coogan If you sweep it under the carpet and just don't talk about it anymore, then those people are destined to come back. Like vampires. 
again and again and again. Piers Wenger, controller of BBC Drama, said at the time of the show's commissioning, the story of Jimmy Savile is one of the most emotive and troubling of our times. We do not intend to sensationalise these crimes, but to give voice to his victims. We will work with survivors to ensure their stories are told with sensitivity and respect and to examine the institutions which Savile was associated with and the circumstances in which these crimes took place. Drama has the ability to tackle sensitive real-life subjects and consider the impact of a crime on its survivors and what lessons can be learnt to stop this ever happening again. As well as Coogan, others starring in The Reckoning include Gemma Jones, Mark Lewis Jones, Siobhan Finneran, and Mark Stanley. And The Reckoning about Jimmy Savile is coming out October 9, 9pm. On BBC One. Wow. It's good that we are shining a light on Savile once again. Alright, so. I don't know if any of you saw. The interview that Channel 4 did with Richard Kerr. That's Kerr, last name K-E-R-R. Richard Kerr went to. Kinkora boys home I know he was 8 for some of the time he was there the program he did with Channel 4 ended up getting 2.3 million views on the YouTube version I think it came out about 10 years ago but Richard Kerr told us when we interviewed him this week that he knows Russell Brand through AA that he personally Richard Kerr personally dealt with Channel 4 and the BBC and you can watch it in your own words some of it is coming up in 9 minutes on this channel October 9th it says um, on on my Daily Mail article I'll, I'll, I'll double check I think it is all right, so Richard Kerr, in nine minutes on this channel, we've got 15 minutes premiering, which is the stuff we could put on YouTube about Russell Brand and his thoughts on Channel 4 and the BBC because he told me that they all have an agenda and basically... Yeah, they were exposing Kinkora's boys' home and the monstrous things that happened, which is a good thing. But when Richard tried to name the names of the powerful people who had done these things to him, he said that Channel 4, BBC, absolutely none of these people were interested in publishing those names. So Richard's thought is that Channel 4 does do some good things but it's in a very controlled way and that they manipulate people. And that is the lens 
through which he's been watching the Russell Brand situation. So that's just seven minutes away on this channel. Richard Kerr. If you want to get the backstory, go and watch the original Channel 4 piece. It's only 10, 15 minutes long. The first time I watched it, it reduced me to tears. That's how powerful a speaker Richard Kerr is and the things that he went through. Now, Ron Swanson was interviewing John Wedger this week, separately to me interviewing Richard Kerr. And Ron Swanson and John Wedger just started talking about King Cora boys and the case of one of the boys who completely disappeared. Now, Richard Kerr told me he'd seen the room in Concora Boys where they took the boys, there was a bed, there was a table, and there was a saw. And Richard Kerr said that multiple boys went missing, never to be heard from again. These boys were used to broker negotiations over the war in Ireland. He said that the motivation, it was an intelligence agency operation, and the motivation was to use these boys to compromise people extremely high up in politics, powerful people, power brokers, so that they could get peace in Ireland. Now, Richard Kerr has been offered money because he's got multiple lawsuits against the UK government, the National Police, Home Office. He's been offered money, and he's told them he doesn't want their money. The money is dirt. He's pursuing his legal case to honour the dead boys from Kinkora Boys Home. Richard said he knows every single name of every boy that was there with him. They were sleeping in like bunk situation. He remembers all their names. They were his friends. They were his family. He went through this and they've been completely forgotten and he's just absolutely disgusted by it and that's why he's pushing it to the full going all the way through the court system. He's based in America now. He's away from it. But he did come over here to film with Channel 4. So that's coming up in four minutes is Richard Kerr. And then the balance of it is on Locals. So the link for Locals is in the description box. It's free to watch the balance of it. I think it's about 45 minutes long. But then at 8.15 on this channel... I've not had a chance to listen to Ron Swanson interview John Wedger. But John Wedger's back. We try to get John Wedger on every Thursday night to keep it regular. And yes, Claire, you do need to join locals to watch the show, but you don't have to pay. You just sign up. Um, our content, there's a few things on there that premium content but nearly everything we put on our locals is free to watch yeah so i think at 8 15 
we have got the John Wedger interview, Ron Swanson, where John is touching on King Cora Boys Home. Now, tomorrow night, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce this yet. Let me just see if it's been confirmed. I think it's going to be 8 o'clock. Let's have a look. Yeah, it's going to be advertised soon. All right, yeah, we're going to advertise this soon. So it looks like it has been confirmed. <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to tease everyone. So tomorrow night, Samantha Markle, part four. She wants to talk about cancel culture. She wants to talk about Russell Brand. And she wants to do it live and take your questions. So that's going to be really exciting. We hope to see some of you present for that. And it's been a while since I spoke to Samantha myself. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. Sunday night we have got... We're back to a regular true crime podcast. We've got a guy I met years ago at a pub where I was doing an event, David Moynihan. He ended up as a crime family croupier in London. And then he ends up working for the mafia in America. And he's a hell of a good speaker. Really funny. He's also got a take on the Essex Boys case. And he's also got lots of stories from when he was a bouncer. Yep. All right, so what are we saying about... Yep, thanks, Ray J, for putting my locals in the chat. No, Angela. Jimmy Savile hasn't risen from the dead, but he's going to be getting resurrected on The Reckoning on October 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Oh, Nora, thank you for the question for Samantha. Um... Please put that in the chat tomorrow and we will get Samantha on the case to answer that one, definitely. And I know last time that we did a live with her, she stayed on for a very long time. She really enjoyed speaking to you guys. I think she's got an affinity to this channel because she's had so much fun with the responses from you guys. Yeah. They're going to dissect his liver and eat it with some father beans. And a little Chianti, indeed. Alright, so we're one minute away from Richard Kerr Part 1. In fact, it's premiering now on the channel. So I'm going to bog off. And I hope to see some of you guys tomorrow. With Ron Swanson and Samantha Markle. And enjoy Richard Kerr and enjoy the John Wedger that's coming up. Thanks, Ray J. Salute. Cheerio for now. <laughs>